Welcome to the Design Thinker podcast. You're listening to season one, episode two, hosted by me, Donnie Chesson. And me, Peter Allen. So what are we talking about this week, Pete? Uh, this week, Danny, we are talking about human-centered design. Me, you, we, us. Is it only for humans? Oh. I know right now there's a big debate around the ethical aspect of human-centered design and how... Um, you know, if we if we continue to only focus on the humans, are we creating other problems down the road? So looking forward to diving into this topic with you. Um, I wonder, though, before we get started, if, if a good place to start might be um, kind of explaining to our viewers who may not know what is human-centered design. Yeah, great, great. Uh, it would be a good starting point, wouldn't it? So human-centered design. This is like last week's episode. Maybe we've got two slightly different uh, definitions. So human-centered design. Well, for me, um, it, it's another way of um, uh, labeling something called design thinking, um, it, w- w- which is a, a process of uh, collaborating, um, I guess, in, a, in a, a group of people from different backgrounds to discover uh, and then solve using an iterative uh, design process um, some you know human centered problems I guess the, the the clues in the name. So um, I heard somewhere once that the the, the magic superpower of designers or design thinking human centered design is that ability to um, really uncover what people need and want in their lives that's that's missing. And human centered design is a, is a structured process for bringing people together and um, discovering what those problems are and then uh, creating uh, solutions for them. What about you, Dan? What's your definition? Um, so all of that and um, I also, the, the thing that I would add to that is for me, it's about, there's a big component about empathy mm-hmm. um, and really understanding the pain points from a human perspective of a problem, right? Oftentimes we think about a problem from a, um, a very cost or systems perspective, but what are the actual, you know, how are humans experiencing this, this problem? And in understanding that and really, really understanding that we get inspired to solve problems. Um, so I think it's everything you said in terms of bringing together a diverse group of people, um, working iteratively through a problem, um, so the thing I would add to that is actually understanding from a human perspective what the problem is. Okay, uh, I'm going to do something I did last week, which is go off on a little bit of a tangent and into a little bit of detail. Uh, I'm not sure this this word problem. Uh, I, I, I guess the way I think of a problem, and, and I have you know conversations with people about human-centered design and then problems, uh, and one of the thoughts that I have around the problem is, and I suppose it's a bit of a thought experiment, imagine if uh, somehow a magic wand was waved and for um, the next 10 minutes, uh, for some reason, somehow human beings were either kind of frozen in exactly what they were doing or were kind of temporarily 
removed from the planet. Well, uh, perhaps there would be no such thing as a problem, not, not because things weren't going well or not well, but because there was no humans around to perceive uh, those problems. Do you think that's a helpful thing to think about or thought experiment to do when we're going, well, all problems are, are maybe just things perceived by people. So that's what human-centered design is about. Mm. I think I'm still in my thought experiment. <laughs> okay. um, I do think that's helpful. Um, I think where my head was going when we were talking about that is it's kind of that concept of if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, does it make a noise? Has it actually fallen? Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, most of the things that we classify as a problem is because it's something that's experienced by a human that isn't desirable. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And um there, there we go in the background an undesirable situation is being being remedies uh, by that emergency services vehicle um case in point case in point okay so 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 perhaps you know uh problems are a bit, a bit of a human thing but let's i'll bring us back out of that philosophical conversation and more into um uh, yeah, this debate about uh, human centeredness and um, you know do do we do we need to expand our our, our kind of uh, uh, perspective and start to consider problems that aren't uh, only affecting humans? What yeah. sort of ar- what what arguments have you heard uh, in in those debates, uh, Danny? Well, I think where some of those um, arguments are coming from is. I think as humans, we also we have to we have to take some responsibility, um, and I say some because there's you know there's a debate on how much and where. Um, we have to take responsibility for some of the things that we have created that have created other problems. Um, for example, plastic. Mm-hmm. Plastic helped solve the invention of plastic changed human life in so many different ways, um, but it also had some consequences that we're having mm-hmm. to deal with now. Mm-hmm. So I think what's spiraling this, this um, debate around what well, human-centeredness, you know, is it really a good thing? Is it only for humans is coming from, if we continue to design things that end, end up destroying the environment or you know if we're focused on a certain group of humans and we create things that are desirable for them then do we disadvantage a different set of humans or another set of humans mm-hmm. um, so i think the thing that this surfaces up is the idea of um you know systems thinking or thinking mm-hmm. about design in the concept of Um, You know, if you throw a stone into a pond and it creates that ripple effect, I think design has that same power. Mm -hmm. So I think the focus of the debate is, do we need to broaden what we mean when we say human in human-centered design? Mm. Okay. There's there's lots of thoughts bubbling bubbling up in my head. Uh, Maybe I'll start with. Uh, I think we do. 
uh, I think we do need to expand what we mean when we say human-centered design and maybe part of the debate is whether we need to change the, the label and the name to evolve. And I heard this, um, this uh, phrase earlier, which really resonated with me, which is, um, well, we know we know better now, so we can choose to do better now. And I, I guess that's true. Hopefully all, all, all human knowledge is evolving, so we always know better today than we did yesterday. Mm. So we can always try and do better today. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think of, you know, when I, just, when I think of human-centered design and think of a, um, you know, a human-centered solution, then my personal perspective is if we're designing something and creating a solution that is, well, well let's take plastic, for example. If it's a design solution that um, knowingly uh, creates harm because maybe it um, uh makes more plastic or, or, or delivers, can't think of the good word, delivers more plastic into the environment long term. Well, that doesn't seem like a very human-centered uh, solution because we now know that putting plastic into the environment is bad for the environment and, and things that are bad for the environment are certainly in the long term, probably in the short term too, bad, bad for humans. So that doesn't, to, in my mind, that doesn't seem human-centered. I think this is where the um, perhaps the argument for sustainable comes in. Like mm -hmm. we okay. create solutions that are desirable, feasible, viable within that. When we talk about viability, you know, what is the length of viability? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yes. And I'll. You mentioned a model there that we, we are, I guess, familiar with as designers and, and human-centered design practitioners, design thinkers, the, the three lenses we can look at any problem through. We can look at things through a, a desirability lens. So what do people need and want in their lives? Uh, a feasibility lens, which can be applied to say what technology we can use to solve a particular problem or you know what arrangement of people and business units and teams or even organizations can be used to solve that problem. And then viability, and quite often that's thought of as business or commercial, what, 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 what um, uh, can, can we get a return on investment by solving this problem? And if we look at things through all of those three lenses at once, then we tend to find um, really great, um, feasible, viable, and, and most importantly, desirable solutions. What you're saying is if we added either sustainability into that as a fourth lens or perhaps, uh, you know, blended it into one of the others, then that makes more sense as a, as a, a future definition or current definition of human-centered design. Is, it, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think it's adding an, a, a fourth lens. I think it's expanding the lens of viability. Okay. I think when we talk about viability, we need to consider how sustainable is this, you know, a year from now? You know, what, what impact is it going to have on other things? Yeah, okay. Nice. That, that's, uh, that's your view. And here we go. Um, last time, I think I said we, we don't agree on everything. Maybe we do agree, but I'm seeing things. I, I see this differently. I think of sustainability as being a desirable, uh, I guess, attribute or, or part of a desirability lens. Because mm. um, I think, um, uh, you know, if it's not sustainable in, in, in the year 2022, um, if it's not sustainable, then it's not desirable. 
but um, I guess thinking about human-centered design uh, and the models that we use, there for me, I think they're they're really useful to help people join you on a particular journey. Maybe I'm jumping too far ahead in in my own journey and going well. Of course, sustainable is the same as or, or needs to be part of desirable. Perhaps you're 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 or maybe it's both or or, or maybe viable is the uh, is the way to go. So I'm going to push back a little bit on um, on what you're saying, right? So yeah, cool. um, so right now there's a there's a trend in um, moving from disposable diapers or nappies to uh-huh. um, reusable ones. Yeah. Um, now most people will say, you know, I don't know how desirable the re- reusable ones are. Uh-huh. They're certainly more viable long term because we're not mm-hmm. chucking these dirty mm-hmm. um, plastic <laughs> nappies into landfills, right? So I think uh-huh. that's where I can see from my view where if you think about sustainability as desirability, mm-hmm. where we might start to make choices that are more convenient for us from a desirability perspective. Okay. Okay, you're um, maybe being slightly more realistic than me uh, and understanding maybe broader patterns of of human behaviour that will, so maybe you're saying that humans in general will always go for the easiest option, is is that right? Uh, And therefore sustainability, if we want to create sustainable solutions, then we need to look at that through a, a lens of viability, in other words, making it, uh, more attractive for people to pay for a solution is it? Yeah, so I think I think um, I think that sustainability would have more of a longer stay, if you will, if you uh-huh. put it in viability. But then that will bring you back to well, how do we make disposable nappies more desirable for people? Yeah, okay. As an example, I mean. I'm picking on the nappies because that's the example that came to mind, but <laughs> we can apply it to other things as well. well um, uh-huh. That was it. Uh, well, I, I, let's let's stick with the uh, let's stick with one example uh, this week, and let's stick with um, stick with nappies. Hopefully, people are still listening. Um, <laughs> so, if we think of disposable nappies and redesigning disposable nappies uh, to to become more, if we think about our original question, that human-centered design, is it me, you, we, us, is it, is it only for humans? How would we, what would be a, a more expansive definition or, or version of human-centered design that, that we use to start tackling this challenge of how might we design disposable nappies for the uh, 21st century. Well, um, I guess I would have to start with understanding what the pain points of nappies are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so kind of understanding what are the pain points, what makes disposable um, disposable diapers more desirable and attractive than um, reusable ones, right? That would yeah. 
kind of be the point, a little bit of discovery. Yeah. Um, That would then help inform the other circles, right? Okay. So you you start um, a a nice uh, accommodation for our international audience there, diapers, nappies, the the same thing. Um, You say diapers, I'll say nappies. Uh, so these disposable disposable nappies, um, we would start by investigating the, the the desirability questions around disposable. Why do people so you know why do people choose to use desirable um, desirable disposable nappies instead of uh, reusable nappies? And maybe we could add in the the extra dimension of despite the fact that it's it's reasonably well known that disposable nappies are going to be in the environment for you know 400 years from now so yeah we we would embark on this uh desire to understand why people make that choice to begin with that's what that's what you're saying there isn't it and and then maybe part of the design process is going you know let's say the the desirability is really for disposable diapers then part of the design process maybe is looking at you know this this press this product made in this way we can you know it's technically feasible it's desirable but when we think about viability this is the true cost of it i don't think we design you know in a lot of design conversations we don't have that environmental cost or the long-term impact of creating Okay, I, 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 you're starting to win the round now. So it's, it's kind of starting, I'm, I, my slow brain has caught up with you. So we're, we're kind of asking these questions and exploring this, I guess, problem space and then the potential solution space and actually um, you know, viability. While, while I think I have a personal perspective that um, sustainability is, is a desirable attribute, then actually solving the problem of sustainability we need to look through it look at it through a lens of um i guess commercial let's be blunt commercial business um viability so yeah what, what, uh, uh, but then exp- yes so uh, you know what are the long-term what's the long-term cost benefit analysis of a um a disposable nappy versus uh, a, a, I guess, a recyclable or more sustainably designed uh, disposable nappy. Okay. Mm. Right, right. And I think this is where maybe into viability, it, you know, how, um, what's that concept, the triple bottom line concept? Yes. Yeah. This is where that feeds in. Yeah. Like, so yes. it is about profits, but it's also about people and planet. Yeah, I like that. So maybe, um, uh, and I'm kind of imagining when I'm talking to people for the, who've not come across this three lenses before the model, perhaps, you know, rather than going viability and the other word we can use there is business, maybe it's something more expansive than business. It's um, total costs or total overall total cost benefit, the triple bottom line, the, uh, the I think six, six capitals is another term that's used to describe you know everything, including the air we breathe and the uh, all, all the really important things in life on this planet. 
Yeah, so I think, I think if, so I think where we're getting to with this conversation is um, we should be considering more than just the humans in human-centered design, and that needs to be a broader definition of what we mean when we say human. I liked yeah. what you said earlier about, well, if it's good, you know, if we're truly making decisions that are good for humans, then they should be good for the planet and, you know, good for the long term and, and, and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, I don't think in practice we've done that well. Yeah. That's a collective we. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, what does this all what what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, um, you, you, I think you started uh, to summarize really nicely there, Danny. So, I'll, I'll keep going with that. I think, and um, yeah, agreed. We we don't we appear not to have done a great job so far in the last sort of couple of hundred years of being aware of, um, you know, th- things we've done perhaps unintentionally to the environment that we live in. In all its different forms. So, but uh, uh, we we also appear to be the organism on this planet that, that is able to uh, change the environment. I think on the on the widest scale. So, for me, yeah, human centered design. That we do. You know, let's look, think about it broadly. I guess what we're saying, what this what our conversation seems to say, that we need to think more broadly about what human centered means. Um, and I think what we are saying is. Uh, we need to include uh, some perspective on on sustainability um, when we're thinking about uh, human-centered design. I also, um, so definitely sustainability. I also think we need to think about the groups, right? Um, So let's say we are, you know, let's say we are working with a group of parents to design a more desirable reusable diaper Mm -hmm. Um, now does creating that product in some way impact another group of people Mm -hmm. is it taking away resources is it i don't you know is it creating some Mm -hmm. sort of you know just creating a solution for x somehow Mm -hmm. negatively impact another group so i think it's also um being aware that there are other humans that exist beyond the people that you're solving a problem for. Okay, got you. Yeah, that's something we've not had time to delve into. Maybe it's another podcast, but um, perhaps what you're saying is um, sustainable and equitable uh, rather than uh, unintentionally creating or or, or perpetuating inequality or inequity, if that's a word. Mm. Nice. I feel like there's a, a second episode later down the track on the on this one, Danny. Um, I, I definitely one? think so. <laughs> what's, uh, what's one thing you've taken away then from uh, from from our, our, our shorter conversation today? I think the thing I, I'm still experimenting in my head from that thought experiment that you presented earlier in the podcast, like, yeah. um, you know, if so if, if as humans we were all frozen with the problem still exists um yeah. so if people that you know if humans weren't around to experience the problems our problems here so i think yeah. that's something i want to take away and and ponder a bit more okay cool uh, uh i hope you enjoy that and um, uh, something i've taken away from you actually is this shifting of my um 
only thinking about sustainability in terms of desirability. And now I'm going to think of it both in terms of desirability and also um, in terms of or, or, or in conjunction with mixed in with uh, with this question of viability and and thinking about viability uh, as you know total cost and total benefit uh, rather than simple financial cost and financial benefit. So th thank you. I really appreciate uh, you giving me that uh, that further uh, thought. Um, it'd be cool to hear at some point how that might be influencing how you are your design practice is shifting. Yeah, I, I would definitely, definitely come back to. Maybe that's the, we'll, we'll come back to the audience and tell you how we shifted on those two things uh, later on on our uh, follow up episode on this question of human centered design. Thanks. All right, I think that does it for us this week, episode two. Um, tune in next week for our third episode. Um, we will see everyone or talk to everyone then. Great stuff. Bye, Thanks Danny. for listening, everyone. Thanks, Danny. Thanks Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.